What is it about a woman being unapologetic about her dreams and her drive, operating in excellence and having high standards that people find so intimidating? Don't wilt, sis. Bloom with opulence anyway. Welcome to the Crowned Opulence Podcast with me, Cassandra Alexis. I am a marketing strategist, coach, and consultant, and the CEO of Opulent Outcomes Coaching and Consulting, but you can call me your Chief Empowerment Officer. On Sundays, we talk about the hard, messy, embarrassing, yet necessary things that we don't often talk about enough with each other as Black women. You know, those things we think we're the only ones experiencing, so we don't share them for fear of being judged just like you would at Sunday brunch with your girls. And yes, the mimosas are included on each episode. I'll let you in on a secret. You're not alone. We are our sister's keeper in the crowned opulent society. Then on Wednesdays, we'll talk business and goal crushing. I'll help you get the outcomes that you desire in life and business by showing you how to silence self-doubt, tune out the naysayers, Optimize your assets, own your opulence, and market your value. Sis, it's your time to be unapologetically opulent, and we're here for you. Let's get to it. Hey, lady, relationships of any sort can be hard, especially romantic relationships. You meet and build a connection and over time begin to trust one another. But what happens when that trust is broken? We have heard the saying that trust takes years to build, seconds to break, and forever to repair. Many, myself included, have pondered if it is even possible to repair once it's broken. I personally believe that it is. It may take a while and be hard work, but I do think that with willing participants, you can repair trust once it's broken. My guest today, Marshawn Olanio, and I are talking about this very thing. Marshawn Olanio is a relationship strategist. She helps Christian women who are married or in long-term relationships stop feeling disconnected and unloved and shift them to feeling heard, understood, and appreciated. Marshawn understands what the average person looking for a meaningful, loving relationship normally goes through, especially when it comes to what they want, need, and desire. She knows what's holding women back from creating their love life. Marshawn combines all her data and research and shares simple tips and strategies with her clients so that they can stop being an obstacle in their own love life and create an extraordinary relationship where they too can become a part of the top 1% of couples who have extraordinary relationships. Marshawn is a two-time Amazon best-selling author of her simple yet effective books, which help to reignite the fire with your spouse. She has been featured on Black and Magazine, Pacific Magazine, Black and Married with Kids, Network and Spill, Work University, KBLK Radio, and God's One Radio. Marshawn resides in San Diego with her husband and their daughter. Let's get to it. Hey, Marshawn. 
Hey, Cassandra. How are you? <laughs> I am excellent, honey. I'm excellent. How about yourself? How are you? I am well, thank you. I am well. I am ready for vacation. I'm always ready for a vacation, so I'm with you. <laughs> yes, it is long overdue. I have not had a true vacation since January of 2019. 2020. January 2020. Well, mine wasn't a vacation. It was a business trip, but I, I consider those vacations at this time. So, yes. Yes, I understand. Post-pandemic, I think everybody needs a vacation, a break, something. Got to get them where you can. Yes. <laughs> what are you drinking? I am drinking some chamomile tea today. That's what I'm drinking. Chamomile tea because my throat is a little scratchy. Oh, no. So I, I got me some honey in there and a cough drop to mix that. Um, I don't know if you ever tried it, but it's life changing. We were speaking. You don't get that cough attack. So, yes, ah. that's what I'm drinking. I wanted to do wine, though, but it didn't work. <laughs> it's been one of those days. And so I have a mimosa. Mm. Now, it did not come out as pretty as the picture. So I may have to redo it again. Um, but it does <laughs> taste good, at least. That's okay. the most important part. So it's a tangerine pomegranate mimosa. Mm. Yes. Next time I do it, I'm going to put the pomegranate seeds in it. Maybe that will add some more colorfulness to it. Mm -hmm. So, yes. Okay. I'm glad it tastes good. Yeah. (laughs) That's the important part. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. So introduce yourself and let everyone know who you are. So perfect. Thank you so much for this opportunity, Cassandra. So my name is Marshawn Olanio. I am a shift relationship strategist. So I help women that are married or in long-term relationships to stop feeling disconnected and in love and shift them to feeling heard, understood, and appreciated. And um, that's who I am. That's who I help. And I'm super excited to be here to share this information with you. Again, thank you so much for allowing me to come on your platform and just share the stage with you. Absolutely. I am so excited to talk to you and pick your brain and share with the audience. I remember when I first discovered you on Black and Married with Kids, um, the Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And I have been following that, what used to be like a digital magazine a long, long time ago. And mm-hmm. somehow I found the page and you, you were speaking the first time I discovered it. And I was like, I've got to see if I can get her on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, and here we are. We're here. Yes, yes, yes. I am so honored to have you here. Today's topic is one that I think is so interesting, so needed. We often talk about relationships and how long it takes to build trust. And the mm-hmm. saying goes that it takes years to build it, a second to destroy it, and maybe you can't even repair it. And there's been lots of questions around can it actually be repaired? Mm-hmm. My personal belief as a eternal optimist is that it can be repaired. But of course, we need to ask the experts. <laughs> so uh, I'm so looking forward to having this conversation with you. So what are some of the ways that trust is actually broken? There are several ways that the trust can be broken. So, of course, I'm sure your listeners are out there thinking cheating. Yes, of course, cheating is one of the ways that can break the trust, but there are a plethora of other reasons why the trust can be broken. So I'm just going to name a few more here, but there literally are a plethora. Okay. So cheating, yes, it's on the list for sure. 
lying, whether by omission or on purpose. So lying, not keeping your word. That's a way to break the trust, especially over time. Being unreliable, that can break the trust as well. So those are just other few areas where the trust can be broken. But then just off the top of my head, I'm thinking about gambling and drug use and just all of those areas that that doesn't come to the forefront of our brain, right? So there's a plethora of reasons why the trust can be broken. Most people, when we're talking about relationships, we immediately think of some type or some form of cheating has taken place where one or both parties are interacting in, in the cheating, right? But again, there are so many ways why the trust can be broken down. And as you mentioned, it's very easy to break the trust. It is really hard to regain it. It's really hard to regain it. I appreciate the fact that you mentioned the other ways beyond cheating. I remember a story I heard of a woman. Mm -hmm. She was married to this man. And you know how sometimes we women can be You never see us without our hair undone, our lashes, our makeup. You know, we're always put together. And somehow this woman managed to never let her boyfriend, who became her husband, see her undone ever. And one day (laughs) after they were married, somehow he saw her undone. (laughs) And. The anger, the betrayal that he felt. I, I can't remember the exact story, but he went ham <laughs> because she looked like a completely different person. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, that could be considered maybe a lie of omission because you hid who you really were and you didn't give this person the opportunity to get to know you, decide if they like the real you <laughs> in any of the story. He, I don't mm-hmm. understand mm-hmm. him feeling betrayed in that instance. I'm totally with you with the story for sure, because it is an act of betrayal, but also an act of the trust being broken. Because what I hear when I hear stories like this is not so much the trust being broken, although that does play a factor. What I really hear is the insecurity and low self-esteem of the person that did the hiding of their true self. So on the outside looking in and the professional part of me wants to say is deeper, it's deeper than that. But this is why I actually preach because I'm a preacher when it comes to taking care of your baggage before you enter. Right. Because it's not so much that she wore the makeup. That's not the issue at all. Mm-hmm. The issue, like you said, was that she's never been undone in front of her husband. And now he gets to see the true her after he says, I do. So she literally took away the opportunity for him to really choose all of her. Mm. So that's the real issue. The baggage that's lingering there. That is powerful. And I think we, in more ways than we probably realize, take away sometimes people's right to choose us. Um, whether it's in friendship, whether it's in relationship, romantically, et cetera, by hiding certain aspects to keep them from other people. So it's really interesting that you mentioned that. I think it's especially in this day and age now, we have the social media world and you put up certain things and everyone's got the filter Mm -hmm. and the angle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're filtering out what they don't want you to see. Exactly what it is. The real, the real person is being filtered out. The blemishes are being filtered out. 
Like everything about them is starting to become whitewashed for a lack of better term, Mm -hmm. because I don't really like what I see when I look in the mirror. So how could you as a person on the outside of me see me as anything other than what I see myself as? Mm -hmm. How could you see me as beautiful? Because I don't believe that. And that's not what I see when I look at myself. Hmm. You better preach. Mm, come on now. <laughs> so how important is trust in a relationship? The simple answer is very, very important. I can go a little bit further and talk about the role that it plays. So it literally is one of the building blocks to your foundation of the relationship. Mm. So if it's broken, if you start off with a lie, if you continue on with that lie, now I have to, what, once I find out, so say for instance, I'm in the relationship and my husband is lying to me about whatever, whatever the thing is, right? So now when I either find out about it or he comes clean about it, not only am I thinking about this thing that we're dealing with currently, now I'm thinking about the entire relationship. Was that a lie? Everything that you said to me, the time that we spent, the future that we talked about building together, was any of that true? Was your feelings for me true? So people fail to realize that it's deeper than just the one incident Mm -hmm. or the recurring incident. It's deeper than that. So, okay, I got to add because, you know, especially as women, we're Mm -hmm. taught to be mysterious, to not disclose everything. As the old saying goes, never let your left hand know what the right hand is doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, you go on a, you know, your first date, second date, et cetera. You don't know this person from a crook on the street, possibly. (laughs) Yeah. And so there's a level of caution in terms of how much you disclose and when you disclose it. One, just out of protecting your own safety and two, just you don't know where it's going to go and everybody doesn't need to know all your business. Right. But at what point do you start there and then maybe... You just don't ever go back. At what point do you actually start to disclose some of those things that you may have left off in the beginning mm-hmm. before it becomes <laughs> a act of betraying the trust or mistrust in the relationship? There's levels to that because on the first date, you, as you just mentioned, you don't want to go in there and fire hose the person with all of your flaws, <laughs> information. I just, this is just what I'm looking for. This is it. Basically take it or leave it. You don't want to do that. But by the same token, you don't want to wait too long. And so that too long is where the waters get muddy because there's no real set date to say you should introduce your children, right? Or that you never talked about, right? Or you should talk about that STD that you got that you can't cure or something that's serious where again, he has to choose you. Let's go back to the lady with the makeup, right? Mm -hmm. That was a serious choice that she should have disclosed definitely before they got married. So it's not on the first date per se. And the reason why I say per se is because if the conversation is flowing, that's one key. The second key is now that the conversation is flowing, the level of comfortability must also be there. I know that you're just because I know that you're just meeting, but sometimes we just vibe with people and we have no explanation of why we're vibing with this person this soon. So if there's that vibe, that level of comfortability right there and the conversation is just flowing and y'all go into a serious topic, be willing to answer, say a topic. If you bring it up, 
be willing to also have the question flipped on you because people get messed up when they have the hesitation or stop or now they want to shut down the conversation when it's their turn to disclose stuff. And so how can I trust you if we're building, I'm disclosing about me and all of a sudden you're shutting down or you don't want to talk about it or you're walking away. Basically you're, you're running away from this topic. Mm-hmm. How can I feel comfortable with you? How can I open up the doors completely with you when we can't even move past the first, second, third date questions? Mm-hmm. So if it's not flowing, if you guys are keeping it surface level for the first couple of dates because you want to keep it fun, do it. However, <laughs> there is that however. So if, it, if you start to get comfortable and the conversation is flowing, then you start to disclose. But again, still be cautious. You don't have to disclose everything at one time because what I like to tell my clients is that there is so much time to get to know someone. And even after you've gotten into a relationship, there's always going to be something to know about your spouse because we're constantly growing, we're constantly evolving. And even after you get married, one year, five years, right? There's always going to be this discovery phase that you have to tap into with your spouse as well. Your spouse should be tapping into it with you because we're for, forever evolving. So just think about when you were in your twenties or I'm going to speak about me because I don't know how old you are. Right. So when I was in my twenties, girl, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but when I was in my twenties, the same type of music, the clubs, even the men are all different in my forties. Mm-hmm. Okay. They, they all different. So as I'm evolving as a person, I'm hoping that my partner is coming along for the journey. And I know I kind of took it everywhere, but literally it's kind of all encompassed together. Mm-hmm. When do you start disclosing this stuff? There's not a real set in stone date, but you still should. You have to find as much as possible because sometimes it's still not, um, the timing is never going to be right. So don't go off of the timing, mm-hmm. especially if it's something that you're really nervous about somebody walked away from you before, after you disclosed this or whatever the case may be, you felt like you were abandoned in some form. Nobody's ever going to love me, right? That's that baggage that you're carrying around. And so you still have to give your partner or potential partner the choice to choose you back, knowing all of your flaws. And I actually like to call it your biggest secret or secrets. The ones that you literally want to take to your grave, those are the ones that you really need to disclose before you get really serious with somebody. And especially before you say, I do. Mm. So we know that it's, um, and I like the way Simon Sinek actually said this. He says that when you're dating someone, you know that you not necessarily want to marry them in the first six weeks. Although some people do, Mm. but the majority of us, six weeks is too short of time to say, I do. However. If now you have dated this person for now, we're talking six years. Now the conversation is different and everybody's going to be asking you, well, how come you guys aren't married? Right. So we know it's somewhere in between six weeks and six years. So we don't have a complete a, a final date. Mm-hmm. We don't have a final date, even for the relationship herself. So, again, the conversation does need to be had, period. You mentioned something I want to go back to that Let's I thought was juicy and we don't talk about it enough that discovery phase that you continue to go through as your relationship evolves I wonder sometimes if that can cause people in relationships 
to question the level of trust that is between them and their partner as one person's maybe changing and growing and the other person isn't or isn't even aware of the changes because you're not rediscovering each other along the way. And maybe Mm -hmm. you like, well, now I don't know you or you're keeping things from me or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. How do you navigate and manage that continual discovery phase in your relationship, especially a long-term relationship? It's easier than we think it is. Mm. And literally that is to continuously date your spouse and or continuously have those open conversations where you are literally learning one another, right? We think that it's always the big moments and it's usually the very small moments where you guys are continuing to grow. So those times that you guys are cuddling in bed and you go into the, how was your day talk? Instead of keeping it surface level at how was your day, what's the next project you're working on? What's your next goal? Is there something that I can do to help you reach that? Or is there somebody that I know to help you connect, to get you to where you want to be, right? So now I'm on this journey with you and I'm also helping you if you so choose to allow me to do that, especially if I have the connection that can help the both of us because we're a team. So, But it really is as simple as continuously keeping the opportunities to date your spouse without the children as much as possible. I know right now we're in a pandemic, but if you can get a few hours and when, when I say a few hours, I'm literally talking about like one good hour of connected time because what research actually shows is 20 minutes to zero. Two zero minutes daily. And I know everybody's life is set up differently. So, right, you can do the average, (laughs) do it all in one hour, once a week. But the point is, you need to make time to have that connectedness with your spouse so they can continue to learn what you're liking, what you're disliking in the relationship and outside of the relationship, how your boss is treating you. Or if you if you are the boss. I don't know how to navigate the situation with this um, employee or or a coworker or what, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So you're allowing them to come into your world and walk beside you. Mm. So it's easier than we believe that it is. Most of us just allow life to get in the way. And life can be your children. Life can be your extended family. Life can be health issues. Life can be financial issues, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You have to make the time in order to thrive together. So much goodness. <laughs> so much goodness. Okay. So you mentioned about the levels to disclosing information. And you mentioned also the different types of way that trust can be broken. Are there levels to the brokenness of your trust with someone? Meaning, can you trust them this way? but not this way. Like I trust you to, let's say, not steal from me, but Mm -hmm. I don't trust you to not break my heart. I'm just making something up where you can trust them in one area, but in another area, you kind of, they're suspect. Absolutely. Yes. The short answer is yes. So I'm going to go over a few of those areas with you right now. So one of the areas or levels to trust is competency, where you know that this person, you understand their values, you know that they are competent to do said thing. That's one level. Another level is consistency, where you can count on them to show up or not, right? (laughs) But consistently showing up, 
being your friend, calling you on the phone, and this is your your spouse as well. Mm-hmm. I know I said friends, but literally your friend should be your spouse as well, but that's a different, that's a different topic. No, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, okay. So competency, consistency, and then we have loyalty. And so when I think about loyalty, what I'm speaking about specifically here is, are you the loyal person to your spouse? We can talk about friendships too, but specifically here to your spouse. What am I speaking about directly? When your friends and or your family members go down the road of bashing their spouse, do you jump in or do you take a step back and not say anything? And or are you even bigger and change the conversation? Because I don't even want to engage in any of that, whether I'm bashing your spouse. I'm definitely not bashing my spouse, but I don't even want to hear you bash your spouse. Mm. Right. So how loyal are you to your spouse when your spouse is not around? How much bad talk do you have about your spouse, especially when things are not going the way that you believe they should be going? Oh, you better preach because sometimes we'll tell the good stuff because that feels good. Oh, yeah, that feels good. But really what we talk about for hours and hours and hours, yeah, hours, not hours, hours. (laughs) <laughs> what we talk about for hours is the bad stuff, the negative, what what he or she is not doing, how they forgot our anniversary, how they forgot our birthday, how they did still haven't fixed that door that's hanging off for six months, how he can't. Right. So we mm-hmm. go down the road of negativity. And usually when one person starts it, everybody else follows suit. So check yourself. Mm-hmm. Ask yourself how loyal you actually are to your relationship. And and what you have to realize is that being loyal has nothing to do with your spouse in that moment. Yes, he and I'm saying he because I'm I'm feeling like I'm talking to women here. So I feel like when we go down that road of negativity, we want to get the validation from our friends and our family members because we're not able to get it in alignment from our spouse. Mm. So he's not holding up his end of the bargain. In whatever area. And so because I'm mad, now I have to throw them under the bus to anybody that will listen. That's not showing loyalty to your spouse, but it's also showing how disrespectful you really are. Because we want respect, too. But are you giving it when your spouse is not around? Because, you know, us ladies, we're good for ladies night sitting around and. Let me tell you what he didn't do. And girl, then we have friends. I wouldn't take that girl. You let him say what to you? I wouldn't take that. Not in my house. (laughs) And you over here got a whole ball of chaos and confusion in your house while you were telling your friend over here what you would not take. (laughs) Please say that for the people in the back. What she's taking is a cakewalk compared to what you're taking at home. <laughs> that happens a lot. That happens a lot. It really does happen a lot. But but here's the thing. And it's so cliche, but it's so true. Misery loves company. Mm-hmm. Misery loves company. So if I could hear about how miserable your stuff is, you actually make me feel good. Especially if I secretly was putting you and your spouse on a pedestal. And now you come to me with this stuff. I'm like, girl, <laughs> that's so juicy. Thank you. Thank you. But I might not say that to your face. Right. But I'm like, thank you. Mm -hmm. Because misery loves company. 
And as you mentioned, I actually remember seeing this scene in a movie based off of what you just mentioned. And I know that it happens in real life because I truly believe, and this is another side story, okay? Any of the scenes that I see in movies, I feel that somebody has went through mm-hmm. that stuff. And yep. uh, can't nobody tell me different. I, mm-hmm. I don't care what to say because some of these stories is like, woo. Anywho, with that being said, <laughs> so the one lady, she went to her friend complaining about her husband, what he mm-hmm. wasn't doing, and she was doing that whole, no, girl, I wouldn't take that, da 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 right? Mm-hmm. So she was telling her to leave her man. She thought that they hung up. So the lady that was listening to her saying, don't, don't, you know, I wouldn't take that from a man, whatever. She thought that she hung up the com- uh, the phone, but she heard some noise. You know how sometimes the phone is on? You're like, what is that? Mm-hmm. So she picked up her phone and she happened to hear the woman and her husband talking and how bad he was talking to her. I'm talking about like dogging her completely out in the worst way. Wow. Not, not calling her a woman of God in any kind of way. Okay. and so the lady just sat there quietly and she's listening and she got off the phone and guess what she started doing because at the time she was packing up her bags because she was listening to his friend she was listening she hung up quietly and she started unpacking her clothes and sat down somewhere (laughs) this episode of the crowned opulence podcast is sponsored by opulent outcomes coaching and consulting You deserve to live your most opulent life. Are you ready to have the opulent outcomes that you desire in your life and business? But are you paralyzed by your own insecurities or others' opinions of your hustle? Or is the thought of developing and implementing your marketing completely overwhelming? Do you have no idea where to even start? Opulent Outcomes Coaching and Consulting has the answers for you. We'll help you discover and market your unique value in the marketplace. Own your opulence in both life and business. Optimize your assets to achieve your goals. And together, we will help you to create a successful, actionable strategy for both your life and business. Book a complimentary consultation with Opulent Outcomes Coaching and Consulting on CassandraAlexis.com or via the link in the show notes. But it just makes me wonder how many relationships have ended because somebody listened to their girls, their mama, their auntie, and half the people that they're listening to may have never been married. If they had been married, it wasn't successful. And there's nothing wrong with divorce. There's nothing wrong with you if you have been divorced. But you're listening to people who have never had a successful relationship and you're taking advice from them. But why? They've never executed. If their advice is so good, why have they not been able to manage and have their own successful relationship? You've thrown your whole marriage, life, relationship, whatever it is, away on the advice of someone. I just wonder how many relationships have ended because of that. And that person gave advice that may not have been the best advice to give. Mm -hmm. I'll just say it that way. Here's how I answered that. And I know that that was probably rhetorical, but I want to answer that. Yes, please. Please, give it to us. My thoughts on that is this. We can only give the information that we have in the moment. Mm -hmm. So 
If you are going to get information from somebody, please, please, please come on in here and listen up, please. Please get the information from somebody who has healed. I didn't say from a person that's in a relationship. I didn't say from a person that's in a marriage. I said from a person that is healed. Mm. This is going to be a neutral person that is going to hear you out, call you on your stuff if they hear it, but not be your yes woman or yes man because you need some validation. You need for me to agree with you Mm -hmm. on said issue. Get it from somebody who has healed from their own baggage, from their own childhood traumas, from their own um, choices in men and or women, relationships, marriages, right? Because if they've learned their lesson and now they're able to look back and say, ah, it wasn't all him, it wasn't all her. Some of it was me. I can listen to that person. I cannot listen to you if you are bitter. If you bash either sex, some men are just as bitter as women are. If you're bitter, if you are not healed, literally, if you are broken, there's no advice I would ever take from you because we're speaking two different languages. Let me just be all the way real with you. So this goes for professionals as well. So recently, me and my husband was going through something. We couldn't couldn't get it together. Mm -hmm. And we're still not on one accord. And I understand some things are just not going to get solved. I understand that. But I wanted to bring in a third party Mm -hmm. for myself because I'm like, maybe I'm tripping. Mm -hmm. So I call the therapist. I tell her what's happening. And (laughs) what I will say is that she falls into the range of the people that I identify as not being healed. Mm -hmm. And she's a therapist. So just because they have their professional hats titles does not mean they are the people you should be getting the information from. Literally, I heard her. And in the moment, I didn't really hear because I'm a person that processes information afterwards. So afterwards, I was like, wait a minute. I shouldn't be talking to this lady at all. And I'd already booked another appointment. I canceled it. Oh, that's right. Because I listened after because I'm again, I got to process my stuff afterwards. So it doesn't matter if they have a professional hat title because every therapist is not going to be for you. Every preacher is not going to be for you. All your friends, your, your mama, because truth be told, most of our parents, 60s, 70s generation, especially those that look like us, <laughs> have yet to think about therapy, have yet to healed from their childhood trauma Mm -hmm. and also the trauma that they passed down to us. So get the help, but get it from the right person. Do your due diligence and your homework before you give this person your money and or your time, right? Ask them if you can call their references because it really is an interview, an interview for your health. Just because they have the qualifications does not mean that they are qualified. So let me ask you this. We've already said that trust can be rebuilt, but it is hard and it takes absolutely. Yes. The $50,000 question, $50 million question. Okay. (laughs) 
How do you do it? It's simple, but it's not easy. Mm. The steps are simple. But when you're in it, when you're the person who is a part of a rebuilding the trust and the foundation within your relationship, it can be very, very tough to be the bigger person and allow these things to literally roll off your off your shoulders. To answer the question directly, you are going to have to have a crazy amount of patience. And this is on both ends, whether you broke the trust or you're the person that the trust was broken toward. Crazy amount of patience because you have to get down to the root of why the trust was broken in the first place. If you never get to the root cause, it will happen again. Please understand that. If you only keep a surface level and you never get down deep down into the root, underneath the ground, underneath the surface, where they're getting all the nutrients, it's going to happen again. So crazy amount of patience. Crazy amount of you being open whenever the topic comes up again and again and again. Because as the person who has now apologized, they're thinking, well, we already talked about this. Why are we talking about this again? Because they're not comfortable enough yet to allow this thing to not bother him or her. Mm-hmm. So you just got to be open and answer the question again. And if you've already answered it five times that same way, you need to switch it up because they didn't get it the first five times. You need to change your strategy, change your language, change your strategy. Think of another example because this is a side tip, but it works so well. People understand stories so much better. If you can figure out a story that matches the example that you are trying to give to your partner, they can understand you better. And the biggest thing is remembering that it is going to take one day at a time, one moment at a time to get on the other side of rebuilding the trust because the trust was not broken in one night. It will not be rebuilt in one night. So what do you do when you want to get to the other side, but it's not coming easy and you're thinking in your mind, okay, I know it's going to take some time, a month, two months, six months, a year, you know, Mm -hmm. When you said, I'm going to work through this and I want to rebuild this, you may not have thought five years, 10 years, whatever duration or length of time. What do you do in that season of trying to get to the other side of it when it's not coming as quickly as you thought it would have? Do you know when to throw in the tile or to keep chugging along? Okay, so I'm going to answer the first part of the question first. It literally is reminding yourself of how good the person actually is, the goodness that they're bringing to the relationship, the goodness that they brought to you, and actually keep a list of reminders for yourself. So when this tough time comes back around in your head, that now you have this list of reminders where you can physically take out, whether it's on your phone or on an actual sheet of paper, You can take it out and physically start to read these out loud because what you're doing in that moment is resetting your mind about your partner, 
as well as the situation. Because what you're really doing is thinking about the negative thing that that incident, that story, that action that took us down the road of me feeling like I can't trust you. You're focusing on that thing. You're allowing it to seep deep down in your pores. And now you're giving your partner the side eye, right? Mm. So when those times come, which they will, which they will, please understand that they will. So now you have to find a way to counteract that. My way that I preach and teach my clients is to literally put pen to paper and remind yourself about all of the good times, all of the great times, why you chose this person in the first place. So when, when your brain starts to feed you this negativity that now you have the power to switch it by just reading the good, the great, the beautiful about your relationship and about your spouse out loud. There's, oh crap, I'm going to forget the name of this book. It was a really, really good book. But the point that I was going to make with it is there's the exercise that it has in there about your relationships with people. And it focuses on all areas of your life, money, health, et cetera. But one of the activities is to literally make a list of all the things that you are grateful to this person for and to focus on that. Mm -hmm. And can I say, I have tried this to romantic relationships and non-romantic relationships and it worked and it worked quickly because it was like literally thinking about 10 things that you are thankful to have this person in your life for like the brain power that it takes to think of 10 things positive things about a person and then (laughs) to focus on them and to reflect on them during the course of the day And not only does it impact you, what I found is that it also impacted the dynamic between myself and that other person. Yes. And it was like, whoa. Because now you can appreciate what they're actually bringing to the table versus focusing on the negative or what they did wrong, how they treated you wrong, et cetera. Mm -hmm. It literally switches it in an instant. So I'm very glad that you brought up that example because it does. It changes you in an instant. But if you start to go down there and you stay there in your muck and mire, in your Mm -hmm. woe is me, it's going to take you a minute. This is why you have to keep this thing close to you when the trust has been broken. Especially if you want to stay there. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go to the second part of it. Basically, when should you cut your losses and move on, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. If you have a partner that is unwilling to do the work, because right now what we're talking about is the work, the writing down and reading it out loud to remind yourself is part of the work. If your partner is not willing to do the work, whatever the work is, and the work literally could be agreeing to go seek outside counsel because you two couldn't get it together yourself which is why you need to seek outside counsel, a neutral party that can help the both of you, that can listen and not take sides. So if you have an unwilling partner, at that point, you're going to have to make a decision. Now, understand I did not say your decision has to be that you have to leave, but you have to make a decision. 
And then you have to stand in that decision. So if your decision is to walk away because you're with this unwilling partner, then you don't blame your partner. You accept it and you move on with life and stand in your decision, whether that now makes you a divorcee or someone who has now been broken up for the umpteenth time. Stand in your decision. On the flip side of that, you stand in your decision if you decide to stay knowing that you have an unwilling partner. And don't blame your partner because this was your choice. When you make the decision, you stand in it. It's your decision. And don't go down the road of pity party. What was me? Mm -mm. Make a choice and stand in it. And please understand, even when you think that you're not making a choice, (laughs) you're making a choice. No decision is a decision. It is a decision. So don't allow anybody that you go and talk to give you this cookie cutter answer that you got to do X, Y, and Z. You have to decide yourself because at the end of the day is your life. You have to go to sleep in your own bed. Even if you come to me for counsel, I, me, never tell anybody to leave. That is a personal decision. And as much as I am trying to stop the divorce rate, some people literally need to be divorced. Before we go, this has been so awesome. For those people that are in it, and this may be a bit of a curveball because when you're in it, sometimes you may feel like you're at opposite ends. But for those that are in it, and both parties really do want to make it work, you know, especially like you mentioned, the different types of addictions, you know, many of those are sicknesses and Mm -hmm. you may want to change for yourself personally. It's just not that easy to put the bottle down necessarily. But for those people who want to truly make it work and are doing the work or willing to do the work, how do you support each other in that process while you're both kind of going through this situation that neither one of you feels good about? It kind of goes into one of the previous questions. The answer, I mean, the answer is basically the same, which is this is where that patience is going to come into play. And you allowing your spouse the time to figure things out, right? Because especially if you're the person that literally can hear something and you got it. It's like, oh, okay. And then you offer to the races. Well, maybe your spouse is slower to get the information. Not that your spouse is slow, but (laughs) they're slower to really understand and connect the dots. You have to give your spouse the chance to really understand, which I spoke about, understand the role that he, I'm just going to say he, could be she, the role that he played, the things that he did wrong, but also the things that he did right, the things that he needs to continue to do right, and the things that he needs to throw away, which are the things that he's doing wrong, and replace them with new habits and behaviors. Because maybe... He understands that, but doesn't have the next strategy or the next tool. So I know that I should not be yelling at you, calling you out of your name, specifically when we're arguing, but forever, but Mm -hmm. specifically when we're arguing. But I really don't know what to say in there because this is my normal. (laughs) This is what I seen my mama do. This is what I seen my dad and his girlfriend do. This is what I see my friends, partners do. Everybody does this. So now I'm about to be different. That's scary too. 
Because now I got to think for myself. But we don't, we don't think about it like that. We don't think about it like that because all of us want to feel accepted by our peers, by our spouse. And so this is the baggage. If you have not gotten rid of your baggage, you can fall victim to allowing outsiders, meaning outside of your relationship, so you and your spouse, to run your life. Mm. So let me bring it together. When that fear settles in, and because only thing that you are used to know and understand is being toxic, is seeing toxicity all around you, you don't see it as toxicity. You see it as normal. Mm. So now we have to break down that bad old behaviors and place it with something new. So as you mentioned, he knows that he wants to do different. Now, how do I do different? What do I now replace with me calling you out of your name? Oh, may- maybe it's literally just to call you babe, but I don't, but I don't, but I don't, I'm not connecting those dots that even. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So as much as I want to be on the side of the other person, the professional in me is, is looking from the other side because we think it's cut and clear every time, but it's not always the case. Mm-hmm. It's usually deeper than we, we can see as everyday people, if you will. Mm-hmm. People that are not in the profession, right? You don't know the types of questions to ask. You don't understand that it's not what he's saying, but that's what you're hearing because you're used to the surface. But when you're in the professional realm, you can hear deeper. You can see deeper. You can ask questions like, well, why do you feel that you need to call your wife out of her name? This is when we start to peel back those layers and understand why he is the way he is, why he shows up, why he reacts, why he even acts the way that he does is because it came from the environment that he was used to seeing as well as the environment that he's currently in. It's normal. Everybody does it. Why is it a problem? You know, that really goes back to those tools and strategies that we talked about before, especially from a generational standpoint. When I think about my friends, the people that are around my age, many of them were lucky if they even knew their father, Mm. let alone growing up seeing their mother and father having a healthy, happy, successful marriage. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. most, most of my friends grew up with single mothers. And it just makes me go back to oftentimes I feel like many of our relationships don't work because we don't know how to make them work. We don't have the tools and strategies um, that we need to really be effective in our relationships. It's like that thing you're, I use weight because I want to lose weight. You got those five pounds. And you're doing everything, you're eating right, you're working out, and you're not losing the weight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, what is it? You're drinking your water, you're you know, taking your supplements and all these things. And it's just like, what more do I do? It's not working. <laughs> Perfect example, Cassandra. I'm glad you brought that up because your body has actually reached a plateau. So now you got to switch things up in your exercise routine. I'm not an exercise coach, but I'm just saying when I'm going to switch it over to your relationship, you have now hit a plateau in your relationship. Mm -hmm. 
And so just like you in your exercise, right? You need to go out and get some new information, some new tools, some new strategies so you can Mm -hmm. implement those so you can get rid of those last five pounds you're talking about. People now have to stop. Please, please work with your girl because I'm about to punch you in the face, okay? (laughs) But please stop using the excuse of your upbringing. Why am I saying it that way? Yes, it does play a part. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But once you become aware that there is a better way or another way, now you have to seek out information Mm -hmm. to get the right stuff and start to apply that stuff to your life. So I like to always equate this to your degree, because when we go to school and we got these degrees, we went to get the information because we didn't know the information. We went day after day, month after month, year after year until now. Finally, we got this piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Well, why do you think your relationship is going to come together in two months, three months, five months when it takes you years to get this degree? Your relationship is no different. You are building and it takes time to build. It takes time to get in sync with your spouse. It takes time to really become that one that we hear. In the marriage vows, it takes time to do that. It is a process. And so just like you're going to a personal trainer or somebody on YouTube, you don't have the information, so you're going to get it. Your relationship is no different. You have now got, yes, I said that. You have now got to go and get the information because you don't have it. And the only way to do better and be better is to seek out information and apply it. Because we hear the saying that knowledge is power, but absolutely is not Hmm. applied knowledge is power. If you have the information and do nothing with it, it's just like you don't have it or don't know it. Before we go, I've got to ask you, you've dropped so many (laughs) gems in this conversation. (laughs) OMG. And there's so many more. Like, I mean... This conversation can go in so many different ways. As you pointed out, that's a whole nother conversation. I mean, you have dropped so many gems. What do you do to get one step closer to living your most opulent life? I slow down, plan for my next five moves in life, in love, career, whatever. My next five moves. And then I implement on them. I take action. To create the life, holistic life that I want, not just in one area. I love that. Come on, strategies. (laughs) (laughs) My next five moves and implement on them. Okay, we're playing chess here, not checkers. We ain't playing checkers. (laughs) This is the chess game here. All right. Yes, yes. So, like I said, you dropped so many gems. How do people get in touch with you, work with you, connect with you? How do they find you? Perfect. Okay. So there are several ways that they can find me, connect with me. So one of the first ways is to get on my Instagram and DM me. So at Marshawn underscore O, I'm sure you're going to have this information, right? What I just say at Marshawn underscore O for Instagram. My email is marshawn at marshawnolanio.com. Again, you'll have the information, right, to share with your audience. And then finally, if you want to be a part of some training where I go deeper into how to transform 
your marriage and how it starts with yourself, then I'm having that free training and you can go and register at bit.ly forward slash transforming marriage. Again, that's bit.ly forward slash transforming marriage, all lowercase letters. Those are the three ways. Do you want to share a little bit about the event before we go? Sure. So transforming your marriage starts with you. Five ways to improve your marriage without your spouse is a free online training where I disclose the five ways to improve your marriage without your spouse. Now, let me clarify the without your spouse. I'm not saying that you're going to meet anybody else or going outside your relationship or anything like that. I am wanting you to understand that it starts with you, which is the first half of that. Everything that you want to change and to see changed in your relationship has to start with you. You cannot ask for something that you are not willing to give. Mm. You also have to discover who you are, why you are, why you act, why you react, why you show up the way that you do. If you do not have that information, there's no way that you'll be able to articulate the type of woman that you are, as well as what you're actively looking for in your relationship. So this particular training is for Christian women that are married, engaged, or in long-term relationships. Long-term relationships is that you have been in this relationship for one year plus. So basically one year, one day on but you're not married yet, but you're still committed. But you're you're kind of on rocky grounds. You don't really know where to start, sort of like what you was asking before. They know that they want to stay together. They know that they want to do this thing, but they have no idea where to do it. So I specifically work with women. We have to be the leader in some areas. Mm-hmm. So why not be the leader in changing the trajectory of your marriage completely around? For good. So this is totally for women that are ready to take the actions, that are ready and believe that their relationship has the capability of turning around. This is for women that want to be a part of a community that can support them on their journey. This is also for women that are sick and tired of being sick and tired because they're sick and tired of not knowing what to do. So come and sign up for the training. I'm absolutely excited to share this with you because as I mentioned before, I am wholeheartedly on a mission to create beautiful, blissful, Black romantic relationships. If you're not Black, you can come and join, but literally, because there's been so much negativity in our community that I want to help to switch that off permanently. Thank you so much for sharing, for being on the show and having the conversation with us. Like I said, I think this is so needed, um, especially in the time and space that we're in right now. I'm grateful for you sharing your knowledge (laughs) and dropping all the gems that you did. You're welcome, Cassandra. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much for allowing me to come and just share this beautiful platform with you. Speak to your audience, speak openly, honestly, and candidly, because I speak with love, but I also, I will not placate you. As your shift relationship strategist, I am here to shift your mindset as well as 
your actions, your behaviors, because what got you to where you are today will not be able to uh, skyrocket you to the next level. You have to allow somebody in to help you. That person could be me. As I mentioned before, do your due diligence and interview your coach, counselor, or therapist because they're not all equal. And listen, y'all just got a free interview with Marshawn (laughs) to see all of the amazingness that she brings. If you need help, reach out to her. Thank you. This was such an impactful conversation with Marshawn. So the answer is yes. Trust can be rebuilt, especially if you do the work and give it time. As Marshawn mentioned, trust can be broken in a number of ways, not just cheating or stealing. So while trust can be rebuilt, how about we don't do the things that may cause us to have to rebuild it in the first place? Get the tools and strategies that you need to have the opulent relationship you desire. I'll leave you with this. Where have you gathered all the tools, strategies, and help you need, but haven't implemented yet? I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Crowned Opulence Podcast. Let's keep the conversation going on social media. Join the Opulent Outcomes Society Facebook group. Follow me on social media at The Cassandra Alexis on Facebook and Instagram. Visit CassandraAlexis.com for more information. Did this episode resonate with you? Take a screenshot of this episode, post it on your IG stories, and tag me at The Cassandra Alexis. I will be sure to give you a shout out in a future episode. Are you loving the show? Leave a five-star rating and review. It helps the show and helps other women find and connect with us. Make sure you subscribe to the show for free so you don't miss an episode. Remember, you aren't everyone's glass of champagne and everyone isn't yours. Only a select few are privileged to enjoy you.